Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Episode 59. 59 is right on time. Episode 59. 59 is 59. Come on down to the 5 and 9 is 59. Imagine if you if you just had settings like your television. Just change the accent for the day. Hey, how y'all doing, everybody? I think I might do an episode one day, and I talk a whole lot like this for the whole complete one hour of the episode. What's been happening in the world today? How expensive is corn? <laughs> I'm starting to go a little bit mad. Uh, madder than normal. I am. I'm now officially sick and tired of the house. I'm, I'm sick and tired of being in the house. I'm sick and tired of always... It feels as if all we're doing is washing clothes. It feels as if all we're doing... All I'm doing is washing clothes and washing dishes. But what doesn't make sense is... I'm battling depression. So I wear the same clothes for days at a fucking time. So how on earth am I having to wash so many fucking clothes? Doesn't make sense. I wish whenever we... Make a, 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 a meal, you know, even a snack, a snack a It seems as if I've had a catering staff of 40 in my fucking kitchen. I uh, I need a holiday. It's it's not it's not even a situation now where I where I want a holiday, you know, like I'd really like a holiday. I need a holiday. And I know it's not gonna happen for a considerable length of time. Should not have moved the microphone while we're recording. I I am aware that the chances of me getting a holiday, even next year, are incredibly slim. Almost to the point of non-existent. So we're now looking ahead to 2022. Can I wait that long for a holiday? Probably not. Probably not. I may go insane. Yeah? Staying at the same fucking walls. Day in, day out. Even the day I was like, I'm going to go and, and do a bit of writing, do a bit of work. And uh, I had plans to go and sit in a coffee shop or something. I thought, I can't even do that. You know, I can't even go and sit in a coffee shop. Because fucking COVID, man. So I'd have been trapped like a, like, a, like a lab rat fighting his way out of the maze. Only to find that the maze has, has more levels. Even even did some hoover in a day, and now the hoover's fucked. Good. Uh, it's how you get out of hoovering, by breaking the fucking hoover. But, as always, 
I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. <laughs> I hope you are um, coping. With lockdown, I am. I am close to just uh, having a complete and utter meltdown. I think it's very close. But you know, um, we should take comfort in the fact that old Mags, Margaret Keenan, a name who this morning would have meant fuck all to all of us. But today, Margaret, bold Margaret, uh, is the outbreak monkey we've all been waiting for. You know? And I'm going to be honest with you, my opinion on this matter has completely changed over the course of today. I recorded an episode of the Hashtag Show with the wonderful Malaka Lee, everyone's uh, favourite cheeky uncle, uh, which you should all be listening to as well. If you don't, I'm sure you do. Um... And since recording that this morning, uh, to then sitting down and recording uh, this podcast tonight, my my opinion on it completely changed. And I'll tell you for why. Let me just get the old armrest sorted on this goddamn chair. The, uh, the concept of the vaccine, the vaccine, is like a carrot and a string dangling in front of all of us in the hope that we will be set free from this invisible prison that COVID has trapped us in. And this morning when I found out that it was going to the old cans first and that a 91-year-old woman, 90, she's 91 next week, I believe, 91-year-old woman was going to be the first person to be vaccinated in the UK. Slightly angered. And I thought, my first thought, I'm going to be honest with you, right? And I, and I, I mean no offence to anyone. And if you are offended by this, then fucking have a word to yourself, man. It's a comedy podcast. I thought at 91 years of age, you've had enough. You know, you've had your time. You know? You've had your fill. You know? Should, should we be spending money, vital resources... On 91 year olds It's just a quick Listen It's just a question I'm asking I'm just asking the question Just asking the question World's fucked Right We're going to be paying For Covid For the next 50 years Your children's Children Will be paying For Covid Because believe me The Tories will want Every fucking penny back Plus interest Plus interest it's probably going to get to the situation next year when we, we've we all been vaccinated, you know, and we're maybe back out enjoying life again to the point that it used to be where, for example, you can go to the cinema, you can go to a restaurant, you can go to a comedy show, you know, you can go to a music event, enjoy life once again. Things like working from home may become the new normal, for want of a better saying. There probably will be tens of thousands, if not more, businesses who, for the first time, maybe are turning a profit or maybe understanding that what is the point in spending hundreds upon thousands of pounds year in, year out, just to have a shop front or just to have an office when we don't physically need a space, we can have our staff work from home. That's probably going to become part of normal life now. You know? So does that mean that People are going to have to build bigger homes so they can actually uh, incorporate an office space into it? Or does it mean that your council tax is now going to be four, five, six hundred pounds a month because you're all working from home? And you're thinking, Gibbo, don't be stupid, big man. But you're not going to be going into the high streets anymore. You're not going into the cities because you're not working in an office anymore. You're working from home. So you're no buying that bus ticket, that train ticket. You're not going to the cafe. You're not going to the restaurant for lunch. You're not going to the bookies. You're not using these businesses, these services. So these rates have to go up and you have to pay for that somehow. You have to pay to live somehow. You've got to put money back in the pot because the government's not going to let you get rich. Don't be fucking stupid. So I think that's what's going to happen next year. We're all going to see our fucking council taxes go through the roof. And as someone who is living in 
Arguably the most expensive. Now people say it's Hong Kong, but I'm telling you, I don't think they've lived in Edinburgh. Arguably the most expensive city to live in the fucking UK. If my council's actually goes up any higher, I'm telling you, I'm getting right down to that Hollywood. I'm like, get her out here now. I want a fucking word. But the the ninety one year old old Mags, the uh, the outbreak uh, monkey, she she stepped forth, and um, she's done it. She's done it. Quarter to seven this morning. That shot me. Six forty five a.m. Then I remember everybody over the age of sixty, uh, you know, is awake from half past four in the morning. So she's that's half a day gone. She's she's been sitting about waiting for the nurses. Margaret Keenan from Coventry. Another shock. Uh, I don't think anyone in the world would have thought that the uh, the outbreak, patient zero, would have been from Coventry, let alone uh, a 90-year-old. But as I said, my opinion has changed. I was thinking, what is the point in vaccinating 90-year-olds? They've had enough time. Let them go peacefully and quietly as they shuffle off God's green earth. But then, you know, if you have an abundance of old people hanging about this country... Why not do this one? <laughs> Why not? Why not round up all the pensioners and do fucking chemical tests on them? Eh? Why test it on the young, the fit and the healthy? Get the pensioners in a van, get them in a lab, and get them smoking 40 miles per day, putting some blusher on them, and let's do tests on them. Let's test pensioners. That That's one of the, one of the things I'm going to stand for in the forthcoming elections, Right? Everybody gets a fish tank, because fish make you happy, and we round up all the pensioners, 80 plus, you've had a good innings, you're in a van, you're in a lab, you're smoking 40 Marlborough, and we're doing tests on you, right? So so I've, I've changed my thinking. I think we should vaccinate the, the pensioners, because if something is going to go wrong, if we do or turn into zombies, or your body rejects the uh, the implant chips, then we, you know, let's let's get a few pensioners first before we, uh, before we test on the young who could be resourceful once the revolution comes, you know. Uh, Margaret Keenan Coventry was administered the vaccine today, December eighth, at six forty-five a.m. Margaret said she feels privileged. She feels privileged, privileged to have been the first person to receive it, and has described the experience as an early birthday present. She turns ninety-one next week. Well, happy fucking birthday, Margaret. Am I the only one that's a little bit shocked that England's gone first, that Britain's gone first? I'm shocked by that. No? Just me, then? Nobody thought the Americans, dare I say, the Chinese, would have been dishing out vaccines first. They didn't even got a vaccine. They're just back to work, not gonna fuck. Back to normal, you know? Couple of hundred million dead. And what? Who cares? Tell the WHO it was f- how many died China? Ah, 5,000. Uh, there's reports of 100 million people disappearing. Ah, shut the fuck up. 5,000. And are you going to have a vaccine? Uh, no vaccine. No, no. Just back to work, mate. Hard work. You know. Bowl of rice. Bit of fur. Sorted. Maybe America would have been first in for the vaccine. Dare I say Germany? First in for the vaccine. You know. We know how efficient they are. They're very good at organising mass group of people. Eh? Come on now. But it's, it's, it's good old blighty. Matt Hancock on the news pretending to cry. Like a fucking robot. What a dick, man. But yes. Remember that name. Margaret Keenan. Uh, Margaret said, I, I feel so privileged to be the first person vaccinated against COVID-19 uh, it's the best early birthday present I could wish for uh, because it means I can finally look forward to spending time with my family and friends in the new year after being on my own for most of the year. Margaret, mm, dial it back in. Don't, don't pull in the heartstrings now, all right? You're the first one. You've got the vaccine. But what, what, is, what does it mean also? Does it mean that when you get the vaccine, you can just fucking stow about? You know, mask off, tap off. What, what does it mean? Because surely you still can't go anywhere. You surely have been still on the street. So when when is that point going to come? The tipping point where enough people have been vaccinated that we can all fucking crawl out from behind the rock and go, uh, does anybody know where a rave is? 
When does that happen? That's what I want to know. And then are we going to get to a point where, you know, it's like segregation? You know, people people who haven't been vaccinated need to sit in the back of the bus. Is that what it's going to be? Huh? Are we going to have separate bathrooms? Vaccinated and non-vaccinated? Don't talk to him, son. He's a dirty non-vaxxer. Come on. I just think they're trying to put chips in you. Don't, don't talk to that man. Has nobody ever watched a fucking Hollywood movie, for God's sake? Working backwards here. There's already been, as, we, as we've discussed, and there's a very goddamn show. There's already been uh, airlines, Qantas. Never fly Qantas. Qantas Airlines saying they will potentially stop anyone who has not been vaccinated from travelling. I imagine they'll not be the only company that does that. You know, that there could be restrictions placed upon people from, from the government itself. The government itself. How long do we need to wait? How long do we need to wait? Us, normal cunts. They're going to do pensioners, they're going to do frontline staff, key workers. This is when this is when you'll see what an actual key worker is, right? Because it'll be people who are public transport, obviously they need to keep the world moving. Police. You'll have doctors, nurses, right? Nobody's going to argue with that. But then we're going to have to go out and go, wait, I'm out of here. Remember when we're all clapping on our balconies? For key workers, and apparently the bold Sandra doing fucking Morrison's, sitting moaning and bitching without a mask on. Apparently she's a key worker. Eh? People who are cleaners. Are they getting the vaccine as well? Suddenly, suddenly now the uh, the term key worker becomes a little bit more detailed. You could have a load of dinner ladies fucking storming hospital going, I'm a key worker, you cunt. Four months ago, they were all at the balcony clamping for me and they fucking stick it in my arse. The, the injection, obviously. Um, Margaret's going on to say, I can't thank Nurse May Parsons uh, and the NHS staff enough. This this feels as if Margaret's got a bit of a fucking PR team behind her. This feels like quite a, quite a lengthy thank you speech for a 91-year-old woman. I can, you could go down to my grandpa's house, clean the place for head to toe, Make him breakfast, lunch, and dinner, as many cups of tea as you want, and you wouldn't get a thank you at the fucker. And we've got a, a six page statement here for Margaret. Something's not right here. I can't thank the NHS stuff. And I've looked, at, looked after me tremendously. And my advice to anyone offered the vaccine is to take it. If I can have it in 90, then you can have it too. It doesn't make any sense, Margaret. It doesn't matter what age you are. You know, if I can have it in 90, then you can do it too. You don't need to do anything. You just sit there and you stick your arm out and they jag you, right? It's not a physical thing, it's not an age thing, it's not a sex thing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you are or what you are. You just, you get jagged in the arm. So let's just calm down, Margaret. How Margaret was selected, I don't know. Now, if there has been some kind of Olympics run at the care home and Margaret has come top, then I'll, I'll retract that statement. If there was an organised, you know, blue-collar boxing event in which Margaret had to take on or oh, the other fucking docile pensioners in the house, she knocked every one of them out like a kind of Royal Rumble style, and then she got the opportunity to get the vaccine first, I'll retract that statement. But I don't think she did. I imagine somebody from the fucking government or BBC News went through a roller decks, picked a fucking care home at random in a shitty part of the country, like Coventry, went in and went, uh, huh, the old white one, she'll do. Because you know if it'd been an old black woman, the fucking right-wing racist would have kicked off, wouldn't they? So let's just take a step back here and accept what this is, a PR stunt. <laughs> uh, it was announced uh, December 7th that every UK patient to have received the vaccine will be given a COVID vaccine card. Come on! Right, you will get a card! Brilliant! And a pin badge? No, a beanie hat. Oh, we're getting a fucking card. Uh, something Margaret will have received this morning. So you get a wee jag, and then you get a card to say you're fucking, you're, you're free. You're, you're vaccinated. You're negative. You know? Wouldn't that be lovely? And then you can get in shops. And they mask on the black. Sir, um, can you please, you need to mask. And you just whip it out like fucking Colombo. I've been vaccinated, you silly cow. Get the fuck out my road. 
I never knew you get a vaccine card. Well, that makes that makes all the difference. I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> you know, there's going to be people. There'll be fucking dicks who will have their, their vaccine card laminated around their neck. Won't they? Or better still, they'll buy one of the wallets. It's like the police wallets. It's got the plastic visor in it. Step back, guys. Uh, I've been vaccinated. It's all right. I'll take it for you. All right, hen. What seems to be a problem? COVID-19. I hear you, hen. I hear you. I've actually been vaccinated myself. Here's my vaccine card. Now get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Is, is it wrong that I'm, I am now excited that you got a vaccine? I hope it's a good card. I hope they've got... I hope the Tories have spent a bit of money and it's like a wee kind of credit card. I hope it's not a shitey bit of paper. You know? Can I have a badge as well? I want to have a badge. I want a pin badge, you know? Covid. With a big cross through it. Or a tick. Fucking vaccinated, man. Oh, no way that guy's been vaccinated. Ah, that's me, boys. Key worker. Key worker. What is it you do, mate? You're a surgeon? No, fucking... I, I clean the, uh, the aisles at Tesco, mate. Key worker. I'm a key worker. <laughs> I, never, I never knew you got a card. Brilliant. Uh, well, some people have described the card as some kind of immunity passport. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, and so what? Have you got a card? No. Well, fuck off then. Where's your immunity passport? That sounds even better. That sounds even better. I like that. Cut a bit. Excuse me, what have you been tonight? Oh, just in the house, mate. We just came out for us. Have you got your immunity passports? Oh, mate, I've no go. Honestly, I've had the jag. I'll show you my arse. Don't leave the house without your immunity passport. Uh, Wales Health Minister, who gives a fuck about this cunt, Vaughan Gethin, debunked this and stated the cards were largely created as a way of reminding people when their next jab is needed. Because you've got to get two. Another thing I didn't know, you get a jag and then two weeks later I think you're going to get another jag. So you're fully fucking jagged up. You know? Maybe they're only shown as the first jag because it's an easy one. Maybe the second jag is like a big needle right up your starter. <laughs> Margaret's like, oh, I'm, I'm talking rubbish. Don't get it done. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, Margaret, thank you for being a little lab monkey. I'm sure she will be, uh, she'll be under watchful eye of the government for the next 48 hours to see if she starts foaming at the mouth or starts attacking uh, nurses in the hospital. It would just be your luck now if they did come up with some kind of vaccine and it did actually turn people into zombies. Again, maybe this is the logic. Maybe they're thinking if there is a slight chance, because we know everything that's happened this year, right? Everything that's fucking going on with COVID. If there is even a 5% chance that the vaccine could turn you into a flesh-eating zombie, why would you want to vaccinate young, healthy people when you can vaccinate a bunch of pensioners? I would feel confident that I could take on 10 zombie pensioners to one athletic young person zombie. I would say so. You know? Tooled up, baseball bat and a shotgun. I mean, easily, easily 10 zombie pensioners. Easily. You know? Aye. I would say so. So keep an eye on her. And let's look out for Margaret. Hopefully she's uh, Hopefully she's doing all right. You know, hopefully she's not got the taste for human flesh and uh, that this does work. And then we can get back. We can get back. I mean, I'm saying back to normal. All my days get back gigging. Everything else, I don't give a fuck about. Couldn't care less. You know, couldn't give a fuck about anything else. I'm becoming more selfish now. I just want to get back gigging. Doing what I love. Taking the piss out of the front row and making people laugh. That's all I want. That's all I want. Give me my immunity passport. I want immunity. <laughs> Fair fucks to you, Max. Good luck, Ken. I hope, you know, I hope 91's a better year. Because 90's been a shiter. There you go. Margaret Keenan. Pioneer. Legend. Zombie? Question mark. I imagine by now most of you will be aware that uh, the the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, uh, also known as Will and Kate, you know, it used to be William and Kate. Now, now it's Will. Try to be all trendy. 
Um, I, I seem to be on, on some kind of train tour of the UK, uh, meeting people and, and thanking them. Reasons uh, escape me. I I, I don't know. Um, but they they were in Edinburgh today, and it seems as if they've they've upset a few Edinburgh locals, um, which which is is an easy thing to do, easy thing to do. Um, the the headline of the article is Edinburgh locals are reporting William and Kate to Police Scotland for breaking lockdown rules again. Uh, feels a little bit like an absolute shitey news story, uh, for no apparent reason. Um, I I don't know why. I don't know why they're on this tour. I really don't. I don't know if it's. Be- I don't know if it's because of the crown. Imagine it was the crown. Imagine fucking Lizzie has been sitting in Windsor, going, "I'm sick of this shit, man." Fucking Diana, Diana, Diana. She was a fucking pain in the arse that lassie. Right, you two dicks, get on a train, get round the country, and let's fucking let's change the discussion. And make sure they know that the Royals are alright. Alright, the fuck off the Perrys. Don't know, I don't know why they're doing it. No idea. Um, this this news headline says, I, I haven't been able to go and see my grandchildren in Edinburgh since August, and yet Royals can just waltz into the capital. Which is very true, which is very, very true. I have got friends who are taking it, I mean, obviously everyone's taking it seriously. I don't think there's anyone who's been you know, fast and loose with COVID, but they are very much, we've not seen family, don't fucking come near us, don't fucking look at us, don't even think about us, because your thoughts might pass negative vibes through the universe and we'll get COVID, right? They're very much, fuck off, nobody comes to, if anything gets delivered, stick it in the next field and set fire to it, they will then go over, put the fire out and reassemble the remains of the burning embers to build up whatever it was they ordered, right? They're very fucking, no way, man, till we all get vaccinated, fuck off. And that's fine. And some people are like that. There are people who have not seen their family. You know, there are people who have not seen, there's people who have have been given birth and, and they haven't seen their grandparents. You know, grandparents haven't seen their grandchildren because they're, they're in some kind of tiered system and they can't get it. Can't get it. Can't get it. But yet we've got the fucking royals, all baldy, uh, baldy and fucking Skeletor going around the country in a train. Who gives a fuck? So, I mean, I, I, listen, the whole grass to my poor Scotland, fuck off, right? We can't better do our time. But I can I can see some argument for what the fuck are they doing? What is the point of this? And surely somebody within Clarence's house, I believe, must have sat down and went, maybe this isn't a good idea. You know, maybe we should all just cancel any royal engagements whatsoever until this is over. Would that not be a good idea? The article says, The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge arrived in Edinburgh Waverley this morning as part of a three-day tour of the UK. Pointless. Uh, Wills and Skeletor, uh, uh, the visit will, will see them thank NHS workers for their efforts during covid but not everyone appreciates the sentiment. Edinburgh locals have been tagging Police Scotland in tweets this morning, claiming not claiming that the royal couple are breaking lockdown rules in Scotland by travelling around the country. Current government guidelines say that you must not, by law, by law, travel into or out of level three and level four local authority areas, except for essential reasons. Which, which is true, man. Um, one of the tweets here says, I absolutely do not understand why the Royal Train Tour is being allowed in Edinburgh. Edinburgh is in Tier 3. No non-essential travel into or out of the region. Would Scottish Government or Police Scotland care to comment? Obviously, they have not. I know. But it is it is very true. Is, is, this, going, is this us going back to the idea of normality and slowly trying to restore the balance where there is one rule for us i.e. the poorest working class scumbags and one rule for them, the fucking ruling upper classes. I imagine there are people 
who are travelling across the central belt in Scotland. I imagine there are people who are travelling from Scotland into England. I imagine there are people who are going from a tier 3 to a tier 2, a 3 to a 4, to a 2, to a 2, to a 4, to a 3, to a 4, to a 2, to a 1, to a 2. I imagine that's happening. People may be doing it consciously, people may be doing it unconsciously. But if you are part of the royal family, there will be a vast team in place organising these trips. This is no, they've not just jumped on a train at Euston Station and went, let's fucking pop up to Edinburgh for the day. And nobody has thought to say that the royal train's going to be passing through different tiered systems and there may be people who are angered by it, like I said, who haven't seen their family. Or is it a case of going, I couldn't give a fuck, man. Have you seen the crown? It's fucking bullshit. Everybody wants to pump Thatcher and they all think my ma's are dirty. Get me on a train, man. I'm fucking having none of it. Uh, tagging Police Scotland, uh, one person on Twitter says, I haven't been able to go and see my grandchildren in Edinburgh since August, and yet they can just waltz into the capital. Another tweeted the police saying, Why didn't you arrest or find the royal family? Vi- royal family visitors for breaking the law on non-essential travel. How good would that have been? And again, if Scotland is really self-govern at this point and Sturgeon is in control and going we're not doing what Westminster's doing and we're doing a far better job wouldn't it have been lovely if when the Royal Train turned up at Edinburgh and Wills and Kate got off to do the fucking oh we're the Royal Family wouldn't it have been great if the fucking police had just gone in SWAT teaming dogs and arrested them that would have been fucking beautiful you know, or even just detain him and then hit him with a thousand pound fine. That would have been fucking great. But instead, nothing gets done. Um, I, Another person just saying, I absolutely do not understand why the Royal Train Tour has been allowed in Edinburgh. I mean, it is very true. Question, what makes the Royal Trip uh, to the capital essential? Dr. Uh, Katrina Farrell said, it's a slap in the face at a time when people can't get married. Again, True. Uh, have restricted numbers at funerals and hospital inpatients aren't allowed visitors. What exactly makes this essential travel? I think the royal household has made a fucking a fuck up on this one. I really do. Um, I'm just reading this article here. I'm actually just seeing now this uh, this article is uh, by Dana McAlpine, who is a friend of mine, and she's uh, a wonderful writer and journalist. So there you go. Uh, for Edinburgh Live. But it's true. It, it is true what people are saying. I mean, the fact that I know I know two people just now who, one of which has postponed their wedding for two years because they're concerned about a, a backlog of dates next year and something else may happen. I know someone who's completely cancelled their wedding um, and has actually spent the money for their wedding on uh, sort renovating their house and then they'll get married in a couple of years' time if they so choose to do it. I know people who have been devastated that weddings have been cancelled. People who have been hospitalised with non-COVID-related illnesses are sitting in a, in a hospital ward all by themselves because they can't have anybody visit them. You know, even at Christmas time, there's, there's people concerned about who they can have in their Christmas bubble, what number of families, number of adults within that, are there going to be people within the family who are being left out? You know? But then you've got the royal swanning about the train. Just to say thank you. Do you know how you thank NHS and frontline staff? Send a video and give them all a grand cash. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. I mean, what they tell me, that when they turn up to these hospitals, well, and Kate, they're going to go around every single person. And I mean, it's just... It's just, it feels a bit like pageantry, do you know? I think that everybody now is clued up a little bit in the royal family. I'm no, I'm no saying get rid of them, disband them. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying now maybe isn't the right time to be doing things like this. That's what I'm saying. You know? Maybe they, maybe they missed the boat with this one. Maybe they missed the boat with this one. But who knows? Who knows? You know? Hey. Get, get, let me, hey, get in touch with the show, man. Answers a postcard. Do you like the royals? Yes or no? <laughs> even, I never even knew they were coming to Edinburgh. See if you'd said to me today, look, do you want to go up to Waverley Station to, to see Kate and Wills? No, I fucking don't. No, I do not. 
But they've, they've pissed a few people off. They have pissed a few people off, so... I don't know. Maybe they'll fuck off him. Maybe they'll fuck off him. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I, I had saw... Uh, in fact, I heard... I was trying to find an article for it there. Uh, and I can I can just find one for 2016, which is completely contradictory to the news article I heard on the radio literally the other day. And again, I don't know if it's because 2020 has changed us in a, in a lot of ways. For me, it certainly made me a bit more, I don't know what the correct word is, a bit more sceptical of global news, um, a bit more understanding of how different political systems for across the world impact on each other and how they they oppose each other and also how what different messages that are put across at what point they're put across how forcefully they're put across and how that itself generates money and wealth and keeps the world turning right no one can disagree that climate change is not real no one can argue or disagree that it hasn't had adverse impacts on the earth in the last five years. No one would disagree with that. But I think we've just gone through almost a calendar year where the vast majority of the planet has found itself in some kind of quarantine condition, whether that be at home, working from home, um, you know, forced by government to be at home, or restricting our movement. And I certainly have noticed that the discussion around climate change has almost, not completely dropped off, because it never has, but it has become quite silent, and it certainly has become um, on the back burner, if you like, of the national debate or a people's thinking. But suddenly, small news articles and small news stories are slowly starting to creep back in again, and is this coinciding with us getting a vaccine, slowly moving back towards old life, normal life, and suddenly it's generating that discussion again about the world's on fire this time. Now, the the thing that I heard, and I actually just, when I heard it on the radio, I shouted, what a lot of shite, because it is a lot of shite. Again, I have no scientific uh, basis to, to say that it's shite or, or, or data uh, or, or training. Um, I just heard a statement from a scientist, and I went, what a lot of shite, as is my want, as is my want as a free person, in a free society, if someone who studies, uh, you know, the, the earth, the meteorological, uh, you know, the, the fucking, the sky and the, and the weather, can come out with a statement, then I, as a university dropout, I'm, I'm able to say shite to the gentleman's face, the story I heard on the news was that in 20 years' time, 20 years, in the year 2040, get this, snow will no longer exist in Scotland. What? That was the article. In 20 years' time, due to global warming, snow will no longer exist in Scotland. We will have no more snow. Now, somebody needs to get all the climate scientists together and they need to have a unified voice. They need to get everybody in a room and they have to make a decision on who is going to be the spokesperson for climate change. And if they are not charismatic, if they don't understand the message, they don't speak. If ever a climate scientist is asked a question, they refer them to this spokesperson and all they have to say is I'm a very clever man or woman but when it comes to answering questions I'm a fuck nugget and I'll refer you to this person because if they come on a national news broadcaster and they say things like in 20 years we won't get any snow in Scotland people will respond with fucking great keep up the good work keep burning shit everybody buy a diesel motor Let's try and get it down to 15 years. And the reason for it being is that they say with global temperatures in Scotland in 20 years, it will be impossible for the temperature to fall, fall below zero degrees. Again, fucking brilliant. Who's going to argue with that? That's what we've been waiting for with global warming. 
because we were told we were going to be fucking barbecuing in November. But all that's happened is places in England are getting flooded. Now that brings us a bit of joy. So now we'll be told another 20 years the temperature won't fall below zero degrees. Brilliant! See that, the fucking homeless community in Scotland. Hang in there, lads. 20 more years, you'll be sleeping in your shorts. When I heard it, I couldn't believe it. And like I said, I cannot find an article for it. This is an article from 2016. It talks about, uh, the headline is Snowmageddon. And this is at the time when we were starting to get really see adverse weather. And the interesting reason why I'm looking at this article, which is on the BBC website, which should be taking me a pinch of salt, is the, the closing line of the article says extreme snowfall is actually an expected consequence of warmer weather. This is an article um, by a gentleman called Colin Barris. I don't know what Colin's background is. Uh, I don't know if he's a scientist. Um, but it's from the BBC website. Uh, and the last line in the, in the opening paragraph of the article says, Extreme snowfall. Extreme snowfall is actually an expected consequence of a warmer world and warmer temperatures. So if that is the case, then how... How is global warming going to eradicate snowfall? Surely, surely by by their their own argument and their own logic, if the if the if the planet if the temperature is increasing, then extreme snowfall and extreme weather goes hand in hand with that increase in, in temperature. So surely the argument would be that in twenty years' time we're going to have even more snow or extreme snow in Scotland. Now, is this just because we're getting into Christmas and everybody wants to put a fiver bet on a white Christmas and what goes with Christmas is snow and winter and cold and Lapland? So do they do things to try and scare you? Do they tell us lies to try and make people go, we should recycle more and set fire to the diesel? By saying things like, oh, do you enjoy Christmas and do you like going sledging in the snow? We'll see in 20 years' time, there's not going to be any snow, so make sure you sell your recycle. I'm on to you, climate scientists. I'm on to you, man. And I tell you what, you'll not fool me, because see, in 20 years' time, I'll be fucking enjoying the snow. Nay, no snow in Scotland in 20 years. What a lot of shite, man. What a lot of shite. Right, two two big news stories left, and then we're, uh, we're done for another episode. As always, uh, thank you to thank you to everybody. Thank you to everyone who listens to the shows. Um, thanks to everyone who got in touch after the the last two fifty seven fifty eight quick fire <laughs> double episode in a week. Um, so thanks to everybody who got in touch with them. Uh, as always, if you enjoy the podcast, please do share it. Share it in your social medias. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, the videos got there as well. Um, if you want to watch the video episodes, and yeah, uh, consider becoming part of the Patreon. Uh, it's the best way to get access to all the extra episodes. Patreons, uh, Patreonis, they get an extra episode every Sunday now. Uh, the episodes are moved to a Sunday. Um, and you can access all my comedy albums and the live streams and a whole load of other goodies um, that are on there. So if you enjoy the show and you want to support it, you want to support me as well, become a Patreon. 86 pence a week. That's what it costs to be in the Patreon. 86 pence a week. That is fucking nothing. There is there is nothing you can get for 86 pence that brings you as much joy as this podcast does twice a week for 86 pence, man. Unbelievable. So get on that. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Uh, sign up now. Right, uh, this one. Uh, when I saw it, I've, I've, no, I've no, as, as usual, I've not read the article yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm in two minds. Uh, but, the first thing I thought was uh, pedo, I'm going to be honest, and then uh, the second thing I thought was, uh, in, in the name of God, what I find, and the headline is, Dad ordered to turn off Christmas lights or face a £10,000 fine. Now, almost all of us, regardless of where you live in the, in the world, I would say, certainly in the UK, come Christmas time, Christmas time, there is always one house in your area. Now, if you drive further afield, you'll find more but there's always one house in your area that goes OTT on the Christmas lights. And as you get older, your first thought is, they're a pedo. Now, I know that that society's done that to us. I know it's probably just nice people who enjoy Christmas and they want to bring a little bit of happiness and joy 
to the kiddies while they're touching their bums, but I just always think pedo. So always what I think. So when I saw this guy's house, I thought pedo gets fined ten grand. I thought that's what the article was going to be. Uh, it's from the Metro uh, by Shan Elvin, a name uh, familiar to us. Uh, a homeowner has been threatened with a £10,000 fine unless he switches off his charity Christmas lights. It makes no sense whatsoever. Charity. Trevor Payne, 46, paedophile, has been uh, displaying festive lights outside his house for several years to raise money for mental health charities. Oh, Jesus! See, it's one, it's one of these situations where he's doing something that's a little bit odd and a little bit annoying. But because they do it for a good cause, you can't really say it, you know what I mean? Trevor, you're going to need to turn the lights off, mate. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm, I'm doing this for mental health charities. Oh, fuck. 46 as well, that's a bit young. Is, is that no... That's young, isn't it? Normally, the people who do these these things, the house, they're old. I'm still saying pedo, mate. I'm still listen. Forty six, he's doing Christmas lights. Pedo. Uh, police were called to his property in Chelsea Hay, Staffordshire, on Saturday evening after reports of a large gathering in the street. That's not his fault. It's not his fault unless it's a large gathering of a mob. There to uh, burn a pedo, then maybe that's what's happened. Maybe that's what's happened. See, if, see, listen, I'm not a pedo, right? But see, if I was, I wouldn't be decorating my house in Christmas lights. <laughs> Trevor Payne, 46, uh, pedophile, calls the police after an angry mob stood outside the house. Uh, the dad, why is it saying he's a dad in the, in the news article? Is that to lead you off the sentence of a pedo? Because you're going, can't can he possibly be uh, pump when just get his own wins? The dad was ordered to turn off his sensational, their words, not mine, oh, seasonal. <laughs> seasonal display, not sensational. That's my mild dyslexia. I have had brain surgery. Uh, he was ordered to turn off his seasonal display or face a huge fine for breaking coronavirus rules. He's no break debt, he's no broke any rules. Has he? What's he done? He's put up lights and they've all stood outside his house. He's not done fuck all. Leaving families and children in the area heartbroken. I bet he did. Uh, Anne-Marie Beckett, 32, said her daughter, Serena, uh, three and five-year-old son, Bobby, had been loving the lights before officers turned up on the road. I think I think it's disgusting, to be honest, said the single mum. Most people were wearing masks and social distancing in, in, one, in a one-way system uh, through the garden. Also, oh, he's inviting people into the house. Pedo! So he's inviting people through his garden to see the winter wonderland. Right, okay. Uh, most people were masked uh, through a one-way system. It felt really safe. That's what they always say before Wayne started disappearing. And it was beautifully decorated. That man's doing a lot for the community. It was the first time we've been to this one. Uh, it's one of the best uh, that we've ever seen, said the single mother. Uh, everyone was just trying to give their kids a little taste of Christmas and then the fucking scum turned up. Uh, the lights were lovely, the atmosphere was nice too, but when the police shut the lights down, the atmosphere turned. It turned! Uh, we were trying to get some Christmas spirit for the kids and now they have small, spoiled the small amount of festive joy we could enjoy this year. Visitors uh, said the attraction was made COVID safe by implementing a one-way system with hand sanitising stations. The poor Peter's done everything, man. He's got a one-way system, he's got hand sanitizers. Did anybody test the hand sanitizers? Maybe it's just a bottle of spunk, I don't know. But he's done everything he can and still the fucking scum turn up and shut him down. Uh, they also claimed Trevor received full clearance beforehand from council bosses to ensure that he was not flouting any government rules. The man has done everything he can. He's done everything he can. Residents have now said police are spoiling the small amount of festive joy uh, they could experience in the area. These people are selflessly raising money for young minds. Um, there you go. There was about 50 people apparently when the poll was turned up. Blah, 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 blah. There you go. Danny's bit, man. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Difficult year. They've said to him, Trevor, 
Are you going to put the lights up this year, Trev? Don't know, mate. COVID-19, all that. Got to ask the council. Got to get a one-way system. Got to get hand sanitizer. Think of the children, Kev. <laughs> and Kev thought of the kids. He thought of their wee faces. You know how sad they would be if they never got the lights. And he's turned those lights on. And he has made sure that joy has came to the little faces. Hand sanitizer. Imagine putting hand sanitizer as well. But still the fucking scum turn up and shut you down. Who knows? But there's just there's always been something about that ever since I was young. There's always been one house that goes over the top at Christmas. And there's just a few question marks over the people who live in there. That's all I'm saying, a few question marks. But Trevor seems alright, man. He seems you know, he seems alright. Either what will happen is it'll come in a few years that he has a raging pedo and he was kidnapped Williams and burying the body underneath the Christmas display to make it even more disgusting, or he was siphoning the money for the mental health charity. It's going to end one or two ways. One or two ways. Okay, uh, team, thank you for listening to another episode. Um, if you are listening to this on the uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, however you listen to your podcast, uh, remember the video episode is available on YouTube. Um, just go to the Facebook page, Scott Gibson Comedy, follow the links on there, uh, and make sure you subscribe to that Facebook page as well. And let's get that fucking growing. Why not? Hey, why not, man? Let's do it. Enjoy me in visual and audio format. You know, a pleasure for the eyes and the ears. Um, right, one last news story for me to go. Terrifying news story. Uh, he's back. Ladies and gentlemen, he's back. Um, for years, he terrified uh, millions across Europe, uh, brought genocide to the Jewish people. Uh, still, when the, his name is uttered in the wind, it brings fear to millions. I am speaking, of course, about Adolf Hitler. And he is back, and he's back uh, with a force, because uh, a Namibian man named after Adolf Hitler wins local election. Now... If I told you that Hitler uh, was back and he won an election, that is possibly not the face you would think of when I said that. But this gentleman has won a local election in Namibia and his name is Adolf Hitler. Well, no making that up. That's the fucker's name. Adolf Hitler. Now, I imagine there are people called Hitler out there, right? I imagine that is a surname. If your surname was Hitler... There isn't a hope in hell you're calling your son Adolf. You call him anything else. Franco, Stevie, Shug, John, John Hitler. No relation. But you don't call him Adolf Hitler. Um, and the Namibian politician named after Adolf Hitler, which is, which is terrifying because it's not as if, like, surely then his, his parents know who Hitler is. And went, that sounds like a great name and a great role model. If we have a boy, we're calling him Adolf Hitler. So what are they? Are they Mr. and Mrs. Hitler from Namibia? What's going on here? Uh, a Namibian politician named after Adolf Hitler says he has no plans for world domination. Good to know. That's good to know. Doesn't he mention the Jews, but does he? Doesn't he mention the Jews? Let's clean that up. Eh? BBC News article here, trying to be all funny. Uh, a local man in Namibia uh, named Adolf Hitler says he doesn't have any plans for world domination. <laughs> what about the Jews, Mr. Adolf? And then suddenly they snatched the mic back. We're fucking going to finish the job we started. Oh, in the name of God. Adolf Hitler Unona was elected last week as councillor of the Open Jack constituency. Uh, in an interview with German New German newspaper, oh my god, I mean, fuck me. Is there German newspapers that just travel the world looking for people called Adolf Hitler in the hope that it might be him? Have you tried Argentina? In an interview with German newspaper, Bild, he insisted he had nothing to do with Nazi ideology. 
Just change your fucking name, mate. Change your fucking name. Adolf, like other Germanic first names, is not uncommon in the country, which was once a German colony. He was elected for the ruling Swapo Party, which led the campaign against colonial and white minority rule. Mr. Unona admitted that his father had named him after the Nazi leader, but said he probably didn't understand what Adolf Hitler stood for. In the name of God! Imagine, imagine even admitting that like, my, my dad did name me after the Adolf Hitler man, but I didn't really know. Listen, see, back then, we, we didn't really care, know what I mean? We just thought, he's a bit mad, but he'll never make it to fucking Namibia. We're cool. Imagine admitting to the national press that, yes, your father did. Can you imagine if there was a British politician and his middle name was Adolf Hitler? And that came to light, and in a news interview, he said, look, my dad named me after Adolf Hitler. Because, you know, he, he just maybe didn't understand. No, he understood, mate. He understood. <laughs> as a child, I saw it as a totally normal name. I bet you did. Mr. Unona, who won his seat with 85% of the vote. Uh, it wasn't until I was growing up that I realised the man the man wanted to subjugate the whole world, he said, adding, I have nothing to do with any of these things. Mr. Anona says his wife calls him Adolf and he goes by the name in public and has no plans to change it. Well, I, th- I think you'll be alright. I think you'll be alright. Between 1884 and 1915, Namibia was part of the German territory called German South West Africa. The German Empire killed thousands of people during the 1904 and 1908 revolt by local uh, Nama, Hero and San people. Uh, some historians have called the forgotten genocide. Earlier this year, Namibia turned down a 10 million euro offer by Germany for reparations, saying it would continue to negotiate for a revised offer. After World War One, Namibia came under South African control and gained independence in 1990, but still has many German-named towns and a small German-speaking community. And now, fucking Adolf Hitler is back in power. This is how it all starts. Remember, huh? They all made fun of Germ- they all made fun of Hitler back in the, in the 30s, eh? Yo, he's a, he's a wee Nazi. He's only got one ball. He's a bampot. Fuck them all. And then, then look what happened. Maybe this is, maybe this is it's history repeating. You know? Adolf is back. And this time, he's black. <laughs> he's back and he's black. And he's fucking pissed. This is how it's going to start, man. He's going to rise up, rise up. He's going to take over the uh, political sphere in Namibia. He's going to negotiate a hundred billion trillion squidlies uh, reparations payment for Germany. They're going to build an army, a fucking nuclear warhead, and then it's Chinatown. Here we go. And then we're all fucked. Then we're sitting going, remember that BBC article that came out years ago? Big Gibble took the piss in the podcast. We're no laughing now, eh? The fucking Namibian army's in the street kicking our cunts in. I say we get a drone, we fucking swipe in, and we take them all out before this gets out of hand. And if it turns out that he was actually just having a laugh all this time, then sometimes accidents happen. Unbelievable, man. (laughs) Fuck it. He's back and he's black. Right, let's get this episode finished, man. Uh, 59, in the bag, we drag ourselves slowly over the line of 2020. Uh, once again, thanks to everybody who listens. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, share it, subscribe it, you know, just do all the things. Click the doodah, subscribe to the thing, me Bob, and fucking Robert's your feathers, brother. Any questions or topics for future episodes, get in touch. If you enjoy the show and you want to support it and you want to get access to all those extra episodes, the only way to do that is to become a patron. Oh, go to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson, sign up for as little as 86 pence a week, which is fuck all, and you can enjoy all the goodies. Right, stay safe team, look after yourself, let's hope we all get vaccinated soon, and uh, once we are, and we've all got our wee immunity passports, I will see you on a battlefield, and we're going to have a fucking cracking laugh. Take care, stay safe, 
wash your hands and your arsehole. I'll speak to you all soon. Bye.